You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Here we are for Friday's edition of Locked on ACC. I am joined with my guy, Drake. We are going to talk all things Miami today. It's going to be fun. And there's no place better to get all of your ACC conference news than the Locked on ACC podcast hosted by me with a slew of great guests every single day. If you follow the podcast, make sure you do it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Now, listen, I knew it was going to be a tall task asking the Locked on Seminoles host to talk about the Miami Hurricanes, but nobody better than Drake can do this. So Drake, let me listen, just get it all out there. This is a safe space. Okay. So I, for those, for the uninitiated that don't follow me on Locked on Seminoles, by the way, check it out. It's a great podcast. I'm actually from the South Florida area and I was exposed to a lot of Miami Hurricanes football growing up. That being said, I can't stand the entire team and the program as a whole. If we're being completely 100% honest, keep you the buck with you. Okay. But they were a surprising team last year, but this year they might. I don't see them having the same fortune as last year, but I will try to keep it as unbiased as possible. But just, just to let you know, I I can't stand this team. Just to let it out there. Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, listen, eight and three last year, seven and two in the conference. Miami certainly had a great, an interesting start to the year. They were certainly a team that was competing for a position in the ACC championship game. And then you had teams like Carolina that spoiled a lot of that energy. But I think that Manny Diaz is trying to figure it out. You know, we'll give a little overview, but for 2020, you, you can't be mad, too mad at him because I do know one thing. The Eric Kings showed up and definitely said, listen, this is my team now. I have bailed them out in situations that they didn't deserve to be bailed out in, and we're, we're rocking and rolling. Oh, De'Ara King, I have no problem with De'Ara King. I actually like De'Ara King a lot. <laughs> What's really funny is uh, Willie Taggart was actually, if he had third year, there were rumors and rumblings that De'Ara King would come to Tallahassee. But mm-hmm. Willie Taggart got fired. De'Ara King went down a little bit south to the University of Coral Gables, is the way I like to call it, since he lost to FIU. But no, they were really damn good last year. And Manny Diaz honestly kind of owes De'Ara King probably a lot because if he did not get that, I didn't, don't think they would have had the same success that they, that they had. And yeah, you're right. They had a great overall year, and they're kind of one of the few teams that we see now that uh, uses the transfer portal and like just reloads. They got Quincy Roche along with De'Ara King. They also got Charleston Rambo is coming in now as well for this upcoming season. Yeah, and I mean, they had a great year last year. The only one big loss, I think, in the first like seven games was against Clemson, and everyone lost by 30 to Clemson. So, <laughs> no doubt. And, but I will, I want to talk about that Florida State game. Can we talk about it? 52, 10, 52, what, 10 loss? Yes, 52, 10. Yes. Okay. That, that, yeah, trust me. I remember, I remember that specifically. I think the first podcast that we had dropped was literally that. So, <laughs> oh, wow. And everyone was saying after that game, my, was it Miami was back or that Florida State is really lost right now? Okay, well, here's the thing about Miami fans and the media. They <laughs> always say that. I think after every single somewhat, you know, convincing one, they'll always say that we're back. I've been hearing that since, you know, 03, 04. Since they joined the ACC, they've been saying that we're back every single year. That's more the fact that FSU is very lost. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we didn't miss – we missed a bowl game the previous year and the year before that as well. And, like, we're in a coaching turnover of COVID as well. Our head coach wasn't even there at the game because he tested positive for COVID. So we had his chief of staff head coach, Chris Thompson, there. And we still didn't have a quarterback actually at all. Like James Blackman, they started the game. Then Jordan Travis went in there and then Tate Rodemaker ended up the game. So no, that's a lot more with FSU being lost in Miami. You will always say that they're back. They, per, in my personal opinion, if you say, if you, you have to say you're back multiple times, you're never going to get there. So 
<laughs> no doubt. And for me, I think the breakout game for Miami where I thought De'Ara King was actually, you know, nice like that was the game against NC State when he threw for 430 yards and had five touchdowns on the night. But it was the way he came back and the way he kept Miami in the game and ultimately took that one from State, which were they were trying to get their ninth, ninth win and get a nine-win season on them. So I think it's just something to where, okay, it's De'Ara King and everybody else. But, you know, Brevin Jordan had a nice running. Jalen Phillips – you know, had a good Quincy Roche yeah. came there from Temple and he was trying to make himself a name for an interesting <laughs> transfer. But of course, when you come to Miami, you automatically assume your game is elevated. And I don't think for in his sake, it was elevated in the way he probably thought. No, I think De'Ara King, I think you're right about the NC State game. I want to go back to that real quick because <laughs> my biggest knock on De'Ara King, you know, when he actually did transfer to Miami was that he didn't have the great accuracy on those intermediate throws mm-hmm. or even on deep pass as well. And I, when they, they were down, I think by like 14 or like 17 at one point, and the way he was able to will his team by using those intermediate and deep passes to a receiving core that is notoriously known for dropping a lot of balls and actually was able to put it in an area where they can still catch it and make that and plays and score really fast. That was coming out party. And yeah. that to me showed that he probably last year, he aside from, you know, Trevor Lawrence and Sam Howell was the best quarterback. Now they those two. Yeah, De'Ara King was on the Heisman watch for a little bit, and he certainly is now, was a 2020 Maxwell Award semifinalist, 2020 Davey O'Brien Award semifinalist, and then Johnny United's Golden Arm Award semifinalist. But this year, despite the injury, I still think if everything looks to normal, he should have what will be a great year. But he's going to need some help. And so some offensive weapons that I definitely want to talk about on the Miami side are certainly going to be guys that need to kind of step up a bit. And those would be for me, Don Chaney Jr. And uh, Keyshawn Smith and Xavier Restrepo. You know, when you talk about receiving core, when you talk about running backs in Miami, it's a lot of historic names in that bad mm-hmm. boy. Yeah. I mean, you can Xavier Restrepo to me is going to be probably the next big guy out of Miami from the wide receiver position in my personal opinion. He has the same exact mold of what a Braxton Berrios is. And Braxton Barrios, if we're Florida State fans, you might know we just can't stand the man, but he he's Julian Edelman to a T. Just short, shifty, quick little white guy in a slot position real quick and catches every damn thing, and he fights for extra yards. And Don Chaney, I think, is probably the best running back in the ACC. Hmm. He I, Even though at this age, because I know Javante yeah. wins, Mark Carter, they're gone, so he takes that mantle next. And yeah. also, they have a backup running back in them called uh, Jalen Knighton, who – could honestly, I'm speaking with you know friends of mine who are Miami fans down south, or it's probably they think is the most explosive player on the team. And for those of you that also know, he's very similar to Lawrence Tofili for FSU in that when he gets the ball, he has that quick extra little burst in the opening space that he literally just is a dynamic weapon out there. And, you know, I think that the whole duo thing is really popular, you know, especially in these recent years, but in the ACC's particular, trying to figure out who's going to be your one-two punch. And we saw that last year with Javante and Michael Carter. And maybe Don and Jalen are going to be that new one-two punch, that breaking records and taking names in the ACC, especially in the Coastal side, because, you know, everyone knows that the Coastal is up for grabs. Everyone doesn't exactly have that same type of sentiment for the Atlantic Division. I mean, yeah, the Atlantic Division have Clemson. Who else? Who else is going to beat them? For being completely honest, Notre Dame was the only one that could, and they're gone. So, but we don't count them as ACC. They were here for one and done, anyways. But no, I mean the coastal. Yeah, it is wide, wide open. I mean, between it's basically it's going to be between y'all at UNC and Miami. Um, as much as I give crap for Manny Diaz, I think he made a really home run hire with Rhett Lashley and who brought in also Derek King because that offense is dynamic. And I know it's like lethal simplicity, which kind of was the running joke at FSU, but they kind of made it work at Miami with all the weapons surrounding him. My only question is for this season, 
De'Ara King is coming, back, coming off a knee injury at the Cheez-A Bowl and against Oklahoma State. I think that was the last week in December. Mm-hmm. Is he going to be 100% around fall camp? If he is, does he still have that burst? Does he still have those cuts? We don't really know. And they're, they're backup quarterbacks that I, right now I think are Tyler Van Dyke and um, freshman Jake Garcia, who mm-hmm. I don't see them really you know, making so much of an impact as well as Derek King did. Well, you have to really trust yourself when you get back out there. We all know that it's different when you come off of injury. But defensively, I will say Coach Diaz is now going to be uh, helping with the defensive coordinator position and making sure that he you know, pretty much runs plays as long with his regular head coaching duties. So I think that will change things for him. And, you know, it's literally make or break. It's you now, right? You can't yeah. put it on anybody else. And also the hire of Bob Shoot to help uh, be an overseer and analyst, whatever you want to call it. Pretty, pretty much, you know, when you give these guys titles, they don't, you know, it's, it's title and name, but what are you really doing? You're trying to come in and say, hey, this is what you're doing wrong. This is what you can do better. And I'm here in name, so I could bring some guys in and talk about how great my time as a coach was and hopefully how Coach Manny can help you as well. It's a great I mean, recruiting tactic. I mean, yeah, the thing with the man Diaz, though, I mean, he did make himself as a defensive coordinator. For those of you who didn't know, he also was a GA at Florida State for a little bit and then I think went over to Texas and then Mississippi State and then went over to Miami when he was under Mark Rick for a few years and then left for two weeks to coach Temple, then came back over here. He had, he hired a new DC. And then I think he left to take the new DC job over at UCF when Gus Malzahn got hired. Mm-hmm. So it is going to be interesting to see like how his defensive scheming is working, but also he lost a lot of pieces like on that defensive front, specifically what you mentioned earlier, Jalen Phillips, who went to Miami at number 17 overall in the draft, Quincy Roche, seventh round pick. I think it was going over to Buffalo and Gregory Rousseau, who was a third, was the also a first round pick. We call him the Haitian sensation. That may have four sacks against, against Florida State in a game uh, two years ago. And to me, like that is a lot to take care of because they don't have anybody or any depth for defensive ends, and that kind of hurts them more because their secondary is very unproven. They're not poor, but they're just unproven. A hundred percent. But you know what's interesting is the fact that Mac Brown put a smacking on Manny Diaz and his defense after we know the Mac Brown and Manny Diaz story and how it didn't quite go so well when it came to coaching decisions and hirings mm-hmm. and firings. Yeah. <laughs> so I always think that's unique. And that was definitely a game that Manny probably wants back and has circled on his calendar when we try to figure out playing Carolina uh, this season. It's like, we got to get some revenge there. And if you're looking to bet on that game this season, make sure you download BetOnline. BetOnline.ag is one of the best places to get all of your sporting needs this week especially has a lot of sports action you have got mlb nba nhl they know the nba is about to have those play-in tournaments and you're going to have some good playoff action so before the next pitch or the next throw make sure you download on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news signups bonuses and contest information don't sit on the sidelines it's time to get in on the action bet online your online sportsbook experts So talking about Miami football here with our favorite Drake who loves them. So he says, allegedly, just kidding. He does not at all, but it's okay. He's such a good <laughs> analyst that he can give you insights on all the school. It's, it's good to know your enemy, right? The friend of my friend, right? All that good stuff. Oh yeah. You keep, you know, your, you know yeah, keep your friends, you're close and your enemies closer. I mean, that's yes. simply with the Miami hurricanes, you know, way with them. That's how I look at them. And that's how we treat them as such. Now, I guess, you know, as someone who is a rival, is it better to see them, doing just as bad if your team's doing bad or like if your team's doing well and they're doing well it's kind of like okay well cool like y'all shine and we shine and like fine but if you're doing horrible it's like they need to do horrible I feel better 
Um, so and that's really tricky because like I want Miami to lose every game by probably a hundred. <laughs> the problem is though also like I want them to do well enough when we're doing what kind of keep them the same because when they do when we do play each other, it just feels so much better to just yeah. ruin their entire season <laughs> when it comes when we play them and we just take it away from them. Cause there was a period of time when I was there, we didn't lose to Miami at all. Yeah. Um and that was the big thing with me because I'm from the South Florida area. Whenever I go back down, I'm like, oh, you know, you're a trader. You went to Florida State. You went away from the homeland. I'm like, mm. I mean, no, nah, I mean, I got into a better, a good school. So, you know, calm, calm, calm down with that. Yeah. But no, I, my personal opinion is like you want them to do well because college football in general is just better when, you know, two blue bloods are doing really, really well and they play against each other. But I don't mind watching them, you know, get embarrassed by, you know, UNC, by, you know, two of the best running backs in the country running for 523 yards. If I could get an NFT of that, I would definitely pay as much money as I can as possible for it. <laughs> After the show, you got to explain to me what NFT is. Like, I fake and laugh like I know what's going on, but I absolutely do not. And that's okay. That's my truth. And I'm sticking to it. You heard it here <laughs> on ACC podcast. I think it's great how people are like, oh, yeah, he's made all this money. I'm like, how can I make money off? You know, do I need to be a meme? Like, what we got to do? Because your girl needs a bills paid. But neither that here nor there. <laughs> Talking about Miami in this 2021, somebody's trying to get money. Somebody's trying to go to the next level. And somebody at first has to get on top of that coastal. And I know Miami is going to be in the hunt. You can never really sleep on this Miami team but do you think that they actually have a chance it's all week we've been saying all right, it's going to be Carolina and it's Carolina's game and everybody else and I'm I'm always want to get hype on my team I know the weapons that we have I know the energy that Mac Brown brings however I'm a realist and I know my team they drop games to FSU and Virginia when it just does they shouldn't <laughs> so like all the confidence I want to have in my program I'm like don't don't make them too hype until they prove it like they, they they're in a good spot but they're not quite there yet so I think they can. Uh, realistically, like just putting my bias aside, I think they have actually a really, really good chance. I think they play y'all in the middle of October. Mm -hmm. um, they start the game. The season off really difficult. They play Alabama week yes. one, and then, <laughs> which I, I'm literally going to DVR that just for posterity because I can't wait to see Mandy is literally <laughs> losing prime time by 40 points. It's going to be magical. Do you think he's going to lose by that much? In like, really? Oh, I mean, I want them to. I don't think so. Maybe like 25, 30 points, but not 40. If, if, if Saban, you know, actually likes Mandy, he might hold the range back a little bit. But no, I think it'll be like 30 points, something like that. But See, I, I mean, they put. I, no, wait. The first game, they always, I think, want to unload so they can let, you know, maybe everyone feel them, right? Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. You know what? Yeah, let's go with that. But with like they play Appalachian State the next game and then they play mm -hmm. Michigan State and but those are home games of hard rock Michigan State's particularly not that great but they kind of had some weird wins last year against Northwestern mm -hmm. and Michigan but Michigan wasn't particularly good but Northwestern was probably the second best team in the Big Ten and then they play Virginia the week before they play y'all and they have a they have two consecutive weeks off I think or is it yeah two have a week and a half off before they play you guys at Chapel Hill mm -hmm. and typically with Manny Diaz if you see his teams, they typically start off really, really well. Like they win five games in a row, four games in a row. And then just, they kind of peter out a little bit over the middle season and then just bottom out and crash. Mm -hmm. So if he's able to buck that trend, I think they can, because they play us at the end of the year, Virginia tech, Georgia tech. I, they have a decent chance, but they really, really, if they lose the game against UNC, I wouldn't be surprised if you hear, like, you know, Rhett Lashley is going to be, you know, is up for head coaching jobs. I wouldn't be surprised if you hear a lot of noise around the program because to me, this team will only go as far as Rhett Lashley and Derrick King will take them. 
Mm, that's a good point. Now, listen, I think that, again, they're going to take an L to Alabama, but App State, Michigan State might be, t- yeah, like you said, there's some very interesting ways that Michigan State finds a way to win. Central Connecticut State, like, who, I don't even know what that is. But this stretch of ACC games, and when it really gets to the thick of it, Virginia is someone who is trying to bounce back. You know, we don't, we think that Mr. Armstrong might have a better showing this season at quarterback, and you never know. Virginia actually won in 2019, so it's anybody's game for the coastal side north carolina is going to be one of their strongest showings but nc state as well and i think pitt crapshoot you never know what you're going to get with that team you never know what they're feeling they're very aggressive i want to make you feel every play kind of energy team and then georgia tech but florida state you always it's always difficult to play your rival towards the end because now you've got people who are battered and bruised you got people who are trying to figure out their way and i'm sure Derek king is going to have to go through all of that in terms of health it'll be a struggle just to get him back to the start but then trying to maintain him in there gonna beat duke at the end of it virginia tech yeah we'll see but again Looking at this list, there are very winnable games, but there's also very much opportunities to get smacked. And I don't think you can really just say, like, yeah, oh, Miami's going to go one way or they can potentially go another. Yeah, I think what's really interesting with this for the schedule, and you pointed out, like, when they play us, I think it's November 13th, typically the game is played around Halloween, which like had that really, you know, ominous feel to it, like anything <laughs> can happen. Like any rivalry game, I think you know, like you just throw records out the window especially with these kids they've been playing in the camp circuit since they were like teenagers and you really young kids like they grew up and then they you know go switch different sides so they've been they have that sort of chemistry and the camaraderie that head-to-head feel for like almost 18 years of their total lives my thing is with the Georgia Tech game the week before that to me is a really interesting game because I'm I mean as we spoke last week I'm a big Georgia Tech guy I do love mm-hmm. Jameer Gibbs I love Jeff Sims I think Marquez Edder is still there I think that game right there is a trap game because I really do have a feeling that Manny Diaz is going to look past that game and look towards us because it's really important to boosters and fan base and recruiting as a whole, especially in the state of Florida, to beat either Miami, beat Florida State, or beat Florida in, in general. That's a good point. And I think that, you know, when it comes to – it's very much like NC State and Carolina. It's very much like Carolina when they play Duke in basketball. You There's certain people that you mark on the calendar that you know it's going to be a different booster conversation if you can't beat them or you don't beat them handily. If it's a close one and one gets away from you, that's fine. But we can't have a 52-10 loss on our books this year. Hey, that's hey, just- <laughs> hey, 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 Next week, we're definitely going to talk a lot about the Atlantic. And, you know, while it is Clemson's game, I do think there are weapons and secret sleepers that can just disrupt some things. Because anytime you feel like you already have it settled, like I said, Carolina feels like they probably have it in the bag. That's when things could get tricky. I don't know that Clemson is the same Clemson of old. Hey, listen, college football, I think, adds best is like when we embrace chaos. I mean, one of the best <laughs> memories for college football is Appalachian State beating a Michigan. Yeah. You, you love watching the these FCS teams, you know, bring these other teams down to the wire. Like, that's what makes the sport really great. Like, you know, you play anybody, anywhere, anytime. That's why the BYU Coastal game last year was just awesome. Yes. They literally, you know, met Mill was like, hey, like, you know, we're both trying to get to the, you know, the college football playoff. Let's play this game right now to determine who's best and best. And like that to me is like, the Atlantic, it can it represents that with a lot of with teams like Boston College and NC State as well. Like there definitely is going to be some chaotic uh, occurrences in there. 
Listen, Boston College is definitely going to have a better year than people think. I think NC State is going to be oh, consistent. So I think they're going to have that eight to nine win season, and they might even you know mess around and get ten while we're playing. I think that Clemson has reason to be scared because. Yes, you built it around Trevor, and yes, DJ is very talented, but you don't have the same weapons that he that Trevor did, in my opinion. I think that Trevor made it work, and he also can make it work with a monkey, but that's, you know, a whole other story, <laughs> right? So I, I just think it's a different atmosphere in the landscape, and everyone wants the ACC to get better, and I think the ACC in general knows now that they've had an opportunity to have spring season. People are – I think kids in general, to me, feel like a lot hungrier than we've seen in the past. There's not – mentally <laughs> people are way more dialed in not only are they hungry i think it's a little more attainable because you're right trevor lawrence is gone i think t law in my personal opinion and my co-host dave uh, agrees with me that he probably was the best professional style quarterback that we saw in college football for the past like 20 years mm-hmm. the only one i think that was even near him was andrew luck and yeah. now you have dg Owangalele who's there who's really good but you're right their wide receivers outside justin ross are very kind of average and their dbs we saw them against ohio state they got cooked mm-hmm. they got cooked badly and their defense as a whole, I mean, I know Brent Venable's still there, but like, I think outside of, you know, they have Brian Breesy on the edge, I don't see them, you know, having the same dominance. They're still going to win a thousand games and beat teams by 20, but it's not going to be the same thing in and out there where they're guaranteed to win at all. And listen, Venables, after a while, you start learning what the man going to do. Not to say that he doesn't do, not to say he doesn't switch things up, but he's kind of like a little bit riding the bike there defensively. I don't know. That's just, that might just be me. Also, oh. how did you learn DJ's name? Because I just don't, I don't even, I don't even, I don't even fake. Oh, <laughs> well, we had a Cle- we had a Clemson guy on, and like before that, I'm like, okay, how do I pronounce this guy? I don't want to look like a, like an idiot on air. I just want to make sure I say na- his name right. So I like looked at like a thousand pronunciations, and they had it on ESPN. I just watched that over and over and over again. So mm, that's good. So I usually Google, and then I'm supposed to be reading my reading, and I'm doing that in a second, people. But I usually Google and have them like the Google people announce it for me to help me out. So that's a tip for all the people involved when, when future podcasters out there, when you're trying to learn these kids' names, just hit up Google real quick or, you know, different spreadsheets. They tell you, you know, phonetically how to sound it. But that's fine there. Okay. Now I say that all to say, I try to get right every year and I make sure that I do it with my favorite treat and that's Built Bar. Built Bar keeps me nice and toned. I've leaned on it because it's the best tasting protein bar ever with 18 amazing flavors that are 100% covered in chocolate. Built Bar is even more delicious. If you're a health conscious person like me, you'll enjoy Bill Bar because it's low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. Make sure you guys hit up BillBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. We're wrapping up today's show. We're feeling like Miami is going to be somewhere at the top of the coastal. Don't know whether they're going to get into the ACC championship game, but that might be in a nice bowl, right? We can see them doing that. Yeah, yeah, they won't win the Coastal, but I mean, I'm not going to give them that. I'm, I will never have the recording, but yeah, they can definitely make a decent bowl. I think, I think the Cheesy Bowl again, I think was right for them last year. I think they can go take a second appearance. Listen, you die with the loyalty. I, I, I love that. I love that because I, every time I go on a show and people ask me, you know, how Carolina's going to do, I don't even care if Carolina will never win a game. I'm going hard for mine. So I, I appreciate you got you to. going hard for you. That's very, very important and very, very critical. Man, oh man. Now we're switching gears a little bit because I like to have fun on the show. So the last part, I had to get all the guys this week to talk to me about the transfer portal. It's gonna be a little basketball oriented. Now y'all know there's a method to the madness, but that's gonna be more towards the beginning of the summer, beginning to the fall. We don't even know who's on whose team right now. There's still time to switch things up. So, Jersey Drake, I want to know your thoughts on the transfer portal. 
I love it. I'm a big, big yeah. transfer portal guy. I'm a, okay. I'm a big transfer portal guy. I mean, like, as you can see, FSU, I think, has gotten 10 kids out of the portal. We got Mackenzie Milne coming in. We got Jermaine Johnson. Look at basketball as well. We have Cameron Fletcher coming in. We're some rumblings out there that Trey Mitchell's going to be coming in as well. To me, the main thing is that a lot of times you see a lot of turnover in coaching staffs, mm -hmm. and that's the one primary concern I do have when these kids actually do sign the letter of intent, and then their coach leaves. Case in point for Mandy, as we just spoke about, was the head coach for Temple for two weeks, left after National Science Day to go coach the University of Miami, and those kids were still locked in and had to stay at Temple. So to me, it's really unfair and restricting for these kids that can't go past that. And also, another thing with transfer portal, the kids that enter the portal, there's always reasons why. Sometimes it's on the part of the coach to tell them, hey, listen, that you're not going to play this year or we need the more scholarship numbers for the next season. So I think it's in your best interest to sort of, you know, look elsewhere for your opportunities because that does happen. And don't get me wrong, there are other times, you know, where you have fan members, you know, talking to the kids like, hey, you know, you're number one, you should go somewhere else. So to me, I want at least that kid to, you know, have the option to go somewhere else. That's why I was a big fan of the one-time the one transfer rule. But I think it's a good thing to actually, you know, help these kids out. I think there's also a big step for allowing these kids to have more autonomy uh, when they're student-athletes. I think that's a unique position when you talk about especially coaches leaving when kids sign their national letters of intent, because I agree. I've seen people even in the swimming world who have all this intent of going to a university, then they get there, they meet and greet. And next thing you know, their coach is like, hey, by the way, I have a better opportunity. And they don't say that in so many words, but you know what I mean. And yeah. I think it's just horrible for someone who probably came for the coach. That's why I always tell people when they're like looking for someone, like, do not go to that school for that coach. Because there were schools that I'm like, I love the coach, but I said, absolutely not. If I don't like the team, if I don't like the university, if I don't like the you know academic program, whatever, no, because the coach can come and go like a snap. So don't ever do that. But I do find it interesting how, you know, at the end of the day, there are people who do love it. And there's people who are like, nah, this is just too much. And I don't know if they're on like get off my lawn kind of people. Or they have very valid points in saying, like, it can be a hot mess only for the sanity of the kid who has to hop around trying to find a home, especially come fall when you realize that all the offers you thought you were getting, those spots got filled up real quick with other people. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. That, I mean, like, I like the people that are, are against it. Like, I mean, there are valid points to that side. You know, there are some people that, you know, who think that, you know, you should, you, ha you made your words, you stick with it. To me, I look at it more. I look at sports as a whole. It's a business. Yeah. And to me, it's a business decision for yourself. So I think these kids should have the opportunity to put themselves in a position, you know, quite early on to, you know, maximize their output, maximize, you know, their potential at a different school. That's why typically when you see transfers, it always happens after the season's over in January. That way they can, you know, maximize their options and they can definitely enroll by, by the summer, like summer C or the fall semester. That way they have the most options available and they know where the scholarship count is with the, with the incoming head coach. But I mean, it is a mess a little bit. I think they start, are starting to, you know, be better with it with a one-time transfer rule. I think mm -hmm. hopefully we are able to see, you know, people that they assign people that actually help them out. And just because it, usually it's just compliance that assists them when they do make these transfers out, whether it be academics or financial aid. So to me, like, I hope that eventually the NCAA does institute like a group of people that actually are, are specifically assigned to help them make a decision for the help the athletes make a proper decision. Listen, I need you once you, you know, with all these lawyer expertise that you have, you got to get these guys right. So I'm, I hope you have some athlete representation in your future because I think you have a you have a job there. I'm just saying.
Hey, I'm trust me. That's that's the end goal. That's the end goal. By the way, anybody, guys, my email. I'll you know send them out after this and everything, so I get my resume locked and ready to go. So listen, no doubt, just slide straight into the DMs. You want to hit up at Locked On ACC? I'll make sure it gets to my boy Drake. Make sure you guys get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski ho- updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Drake, it is always fun to have you. I'm so glad I had picked Miami for you I think the people need to know that loyalty is very real out here and you can talk good things but still you ride or die for those Seminoles can you remind folks of where they can find you and follow your work oh because I bleed garden and gold that's why I can't but listen you guys don't <laughs> want to follow the podcast it's our locked on Seminoles you don't out podcast Spotify Stitcher or wherever you get your podcast from it's me my co-host Max and Dave you can follow Max at Max Movie 17 Dave I think just got Twitter so I gotta ask him what his Twitter handle is <laughs> mine is at tally two underscores Drake and also our main, main uh, big Twitter following is uh, at Knowles Anonymous as well. So follow us there as well for all your content needs. And we like to keep it clean. We like to keep it fun. So there you go. There you have it. Make sure you guys follow down below, subscribe there. I hope you guys have a great Friday. Make sure you have a great weekend. There's so much good things to do. Stay safe. Stay smart out there. Wear your mask if you want to. I know TVC is talking crazy, but listen, at the end of the day, COVID ain't done. So like, let's just keep it on the low, low and do whatever we can. For Candace and Drake, we'll see you next time. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.